book of Acts, chapter 2, verses 1 to 21, and can be found on the front of your bulletin. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place, and suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided, divided tongues as a fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were de devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem, and at this sound the crowd gathered and was bewildered because each one heard them speaking in the native tongue of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear, each of us in our own native languages? Parthenians, Medes, Elamites, and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, and Capitius, uh, Pontus, and Asia, Phrygia, and etc. Egypt and parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs in our own languages. We hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others sneered and said, they are filled with new wine. Peter addresses the crowd, but Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them. Men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk, as you suppose, for it is early nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even upon my slaves, both men and women, in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy, and I will show portions in the heavens above, and signs on the earth below, blood and fire, and smoky mist, the sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be praised. The word of God. For a minute there, Fran, when you were reading the names of the Phrygians and the rest, I thought you were speaking in tongues. <laughs> not easy. Just so you know, I did not write this book. I only invite others to read it. What does Pentecost mean to you personally? We know what it means for the church. We're created on this beautiful day the gift of God to the world. And what a gift. Surviving for 2,000 years. Think of all the lives that have been touched 
by the body of Christ in 2,000 years. There is power in this day. There's power in God's people. But what does this day mean for you personally? How does it affect your life? Or, or, or does it? Lord, we thank you for this day. This life-changing, surprising, wonderfully bewildering day. Where you come to us again and fulfill your promise never to leave us alone, but to send us a comforter. We are so very grateful. In Jesus' name. Amen. Something happened to me this week that was so strange, I knew that God had somehow planned it so I would have an illustration for this sermon on Pentecost Sunday. You see, we were at home, Sissy and I, minding our own, I was sitting there minding my own business, Sissy was in the kitchen doing something, and she comes running in, and she's holding something and says, what is this? And recognizing it, I said, it's a pickle. And she goes, wrong. It is a baptized cucumber. (laughs) And... I must have looked a little more than confused because she explained herself. She said, now think about it. This pickle has been immersed in juice and that juice has changed that entire cucumber. It changes so much that it gets a new name. It's not even called a cucumber anymore. It's called a pickle. It has a whole new taste, she said. It has a whole new texture. It even has a new feel to it. That juice changes everything. Like baptism, like the Holy Spirit. It changes everything about us. Isn't Sissy brilliant? She is definitely a world-class theologian. That's what you call practical theology, when you can preach a sermon from a pickle. My bearded buddy Sam came Tuesday and ate breakfast with those of us who gather each week. He brought new life and new energy and a new perspective. We changed his name. No longer will he be called Sam. From now on, he will be known as Fresh Meat. (laughs) But it changed everything, wonderfully so. To me, it was a reminder of the power of the Holy Spirit to, to work on grand levels but also to bring small renewing 
experiences to us each and every day. The power of the Holy Spirit to change everything. And there is no greater power than the Holy Spirit. Just look at the story. We get a mighty rushing wind filling an entire house. People began speaking in other languages or understanding foreign words or hearing them in their native languages. There's a bunch of theologians out there who have been debating this for hundreds of years. Evidently, they're not as highly trained as sissy. Oh, we get tongues of fire floating down from the heavens, crowning the disciples' heads. And whenever fire shows up in the Bible, you better pay attention. Moses looked up and saw a bush that was burning bright with flame and also saw that it wasn't burning up. Moses encountered the very holiness of God that day. Exodus 13 tells us about a pillar of fire guiding God's people at night. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were thrown into a fiery furnace. They walked out very much alive. It is such a great story. You can almost imagine them walking out with freshly cooked hot dogs in one hand and s'mores in the other. The power of God's protection. On one side, you had a single man named Elijah. On the other side, you had 450 prophets of Baal. Not exactly a fair fight, especially when you consider that God was with Elijah. And the challenge was simple. Call upon your God to send fire from heaven to burn piles of wood. Now the Baal prophets try and try and try, but nothing happens. Now it's Elijah's turn. And in, triple, in typical nut prophet fashion, what's the first thing he does? He says, oh wait, I need to drench this wood in water first. So that's exactly what he does. In fact, there's a, a ditch around it. It just overflows with water. Now we're ready for fire. Have you ever made a fire at home like that, where you drench all the wood in water first. That's a prophet thing. That is pure prophet thing. And of course, Elijah prays. And thunderbolts of flame rain down, and the wood is utterly 
consumed. The power of God's might. This whole day resounded with the power and the authority of God. The disciples and other people spoke in tongues or spoke in other languages or understood in other languages. But that is not the power of this day. A sound like a mighty rushing wind filled the whole house where they were staying. But that is not the power of this day. Tongues of fire floated down from heaven to rest on the disciples' heads. But that is not the power of this day. The holiness of God, the protection of God, the power of God's might, these were all there that day. But the greatest power of all was put on full display in what happened next. The Word of God was preached. And the Spirit brought conviction. And 3,000 souls were saved. And there it is, the true power of this day. You see, oh, we love the drama. Even us pastors, we love the drama uh, of languages, of mighty winds, of tongues of flame floating down from heaven. It's so much like a made-for-TV movie. We love to preach these parts of the Pentecost story. They are amazing, and yes, they are powerful. This was God's plan unfolding right before their eyes. This was history in the making. But celebrating the fact of people speaking in tongues, and not that 3,000 souls were saved, that day is like... Well, let me put it this way. Al, being a geologist, was out doing his job when he came across the world's most priceless diamond. Congratulations, Al. <laughs> he was so excited. So, of course, he immediately threw the diamond away but kept an entire bucket of the dirt in which that diamond had been found. Celebrating speaking in tongues and flames of fire coming down and a mighty rushing wind. Without celebrating 3,000 souls giving their lives to Jesus Christ, is like finding a bag with a million dollars in it and immediately throwing out the money and keeping the bag. Crazy? 
No one would do that, would they? Janice, would you do that? I didn't think so. Didn't think so, Janice. When was the last time you asked the Holy Spirit to heal your broken relationships? When was the last time you trusted your family and your loved ones, all of them, to the care of the Holy Spirit? When did you pray last for the Holy Spirit to visit us in our worship and in our love for each other? Or to grow our church? Or to bless our church with a mission and life that glorifies our God? A Christian not listening to the Holy Spirit is just someone out for a walk wandering aimlessly. A Christian not seeking the Holy Spirit in everything is someone who is throwing away a million dollars but keeping the bag. A Christian not seeking the Holy Spirit in everything is someone throwing away the world's most costly diamond but keeping the dirt in which it was found. And that's how it affects us personally. So don't be an owl. Sorry, Al. Seek the Holy Spirit and be amazed. Amen.